Hey friends, welcome to the 19th episode of the Retro Game Guys podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, alongside the retro gaming guru, Zach. Rock and roll. For this episode, as you will quickly be able to tell, we're a couple of retro game guys short. The obsessive collector, JP, and the infrequent gamer, Alex, are off on summer vacations. No, not together. Uh, (laughs) So Zach and I are going to two-man the show and see if we can keep the wheels on this thing. Right. Uh, No promises. (laughs) All right. Let's start with a few updates, Zach. All right. Uh, This is going to be a fun episode, Dustin. (laughs) It's going to be different. Should I do my best uh, JP impression for the memory segment? (laughs) I'll just uh, like cough a lot and talk about my friend Tim. <laughs> we that's, love you, that's JP. That's about accurate. That's really accurate. Yeah. You. By the way, you have to be Alex. You just keep like uh, keep telling like perverted jokes. Like, you'll Dude, be really no, good. I'm the one that keeps telling him to stop. No, I, I can't do. I can't channel that for Alex. <laughs> yeah. The theme of this whole episode is going to be us making fun of the guys who aren't here. Absolutely. Right. All right. So getting to the updates first, I wanted to give a big thank you to my good friend Scott, who sent me quite the birthday gift this year. Uh, if you recall, Scott was one of the guys who, uh, or the guy who gave me the full-size Master Sword. Oh, yeah. Um, that we pulled out for our Zelda episode. It's even in the picture. It's like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one that uh, JP almost cut his hand off <laughs> right. holding. Right. Uh, so Scott went out of his way to hunt down some original TurboGrafx-16 games Ooh. because he saw I was posting on social media about getting a TurboGrafx. Mm-hmm. And he sent me not just one game, but five games wow. from my collection. Dang. Right. He's uh, a better friend than I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. You had a yeah, birthday? I know, right? What did you get me? <laughs> Nothing? Yeah. You see me enough. You're probably sick of me. That's why. No, not um, at all. But uh, the best game of the lot was this game called Alien Crush, which is uh, this amazing pinball game. Uh, and it's set hmm. in this... Uh, the theme is like uh, the Ridley Scott Alien films. Okay. All right. So it kind of looks like uh, pinball and meets Contra. It's kind of strange. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Scott. You're an amazing human being. You helped me st- uh, start quite the Turbo Graphics collection. Uh, and by the way, we could do a TurboGrafx-16 episode one mm-hmm. day if we really wanted to. Um, I don't think you... Did you ever play any TurboGrafx games? I think I played games? a few. I think... Uh, I can't think of any of them off the top of my head, but I, I I played around with it at, you know, different demo locations and stuff. I don't... I, I, did you ever play uh, uh, Splatterhouse? That was what I was thinking of. Oh! That, the, yeah, the dude where you're like Jason like, or something, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah he's yeah, like yeah. a board or whatever, and you hit people. That was a, <laughs> that was a popular <laughs> yeah, TurboGrafx Yeah, game. no, I definitely played that one. I remember that one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's do... Let's think about uh, adding that to the li- upcoming list. Splatterhouse. Wonderful. <laughs> Great. Uh, all right, so, and while we're saying thanks, another thank you goes to our friend, Blake at Sore Thumb Collector on Instagram. Thank so we've you. talked about Blake a few times during previous episodes. So uh, Blake hosted a fun one and done challenge on Instagram. And the whole premise is to play a game only once and then post your scores. So oh no warm ups, no do overs, one try, and that's it. And we've talked about maybe doing that as a theme on one of our episodes here yeah. to see if maybe we could beat you if we only give you one that's shot right. at so it. I have the one tr- the one and done, and then you guys have like whatever you want. Yeah, that, that, that sounds totally fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for this one and done challenge, he picked uh, Punch-Out. Oh, nice. So you know that like I had to be all over that game. Um, I totally jumped in feet first for that one. But it on But it on Yeah. Uh, so just kidding. <laughs> so I did play with my hands. Uh, well, I know, Dustin, you're going to be super shocked here, but yours truly took first place. Uh, yeah. Shocking. Uh, by getting all the way to Mike Tyson without losing one match. Wow. Uh, and I almost beat Tyson, too, if it wasn't for those meddling kids. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I did start to get jumpy. And you know, like when you're playing a, a game, like you're like, you know, about to do something amazing. And all of a sudden you just get like itchy. 
you know, you start sweating. You get, I started to get like itchy and like weird. I'm, it just totally got in my own head. Mm. Um, and then Tyson knocked me out. Of so um, that was it. But it was good enough to win. So hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, if you haven't heard our punch out episode, uh, check it out. It's still one of the, the uh, favorite episodes out there. Is that right, Dustin? Yeah. I mean, uh, for me personally, too, it was one of the favorites because I think that's if you haven't listened back to that, it's one. It's the one where we all realized we were doomed and we were never going to beat Zach. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant just the podcast in general. No, like, no, 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 no. That episode. That was what episode four, I think, right? That yeah, was, it was that four. was the that was the one where I realized, oh no, this is never going to happen. Um, and so after that, we we've gotten to about twenty episodes now on interviews. Um, Punch Out's still in our top five uh, most streamed episodes. In fact, there have been some shifts in our top episodes lately. Uh, on to hear the update. Let's do it. Here we go. So Super Metroid is now number one. It's dethroned Castlevania three, which was our number one episode for like six months. Wow. Uh, so there's lots of Metroid lovers out there, no doubt. I understand that one because I, I I like Super Metroid a lot more than I like Castlevania three. So I'm happy to see <laughs> that one on top. It was a conspiracy. Right? <laughs> yeah, man, it was me over and over again. Yeah, Super Metroid's a good one. Seven hundred different Twitter handles. Um, Castlevania three still putting up a fight though. It's in number two. Um, Legend of Zelda episode with a Noah Hoffman interview is up at number three. Um, if you don't remember that one or haven't heard of that one, Noah is the first U.S. player to beat Legend of Zelda, so we got a little time with him, which was yeah. neat. With no no tips or tricks. He just did it straight up. Straight up. It's yep. crazy. It's not nuts. Uh, so number four is Battletoads, one of my favorite episodes Hate also. that game. <laughs> uh, number five, like I said, was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, still up there. Um, rounding out the top ten, we have Streets of Rage, one of my favorite games we've played. F-Zero, one of my least favorite games we play. <laughs> um, our previous episode, Batman. Uh, that one's B- doing pretty good. Yeah, that, that one's uh, coming up the charts. I think uh, Alex's whole family has been listening to that one over and over again. Uh, Altered Beast uh, at number nine. And last but certainly not least, our interview with everyone's favorite Aussie and former Sega game counselor, Tim Gadler. You even said Aussie correctly. Thank you, thank you. I was ready to correct you. And uh, yeah. <laughs> didn't Melbourne, as yeah. Alex was pronouncing <laughs> it that last time. I know, I forgot what episode that was, but he struggled so hard. So like, hard. Yeah. I, I'm from Melbourne, whatever, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're coming up here. Uh, late July will be our one-year anniversary of our first podcast demo. Uh, even though we don't didn't release our first episode till September of last year, it's been almost a year since we've been uh, uh, making product on this podcast today. And Zach and I have been working on it for a few months even before that. So yeah. we're over a year of, of development into this podcast. Um, I know you can't really tell, but. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Zach, what are we going to do to celebrate our anniversary? What, what is one? Is first like wood or something? I don't know. Yeah. No, we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We uh, <laughs> Not this year, dude. No. Not with the Star Wars. Thing. No, no. Plus, you can't bring wide uh, strollers into Disneyland anymore. Now, oh, did you hear oh, about right. that? No. Yeah. Yeah, so well, we can't bring Alex and JP with us, I guess. Because, <laughs> exactly. They'll just be go. throwing a fit the whole time. Yeah, no kidding, right? The babies. Uh, but yeah, no, the the Star Wars thing, that's uh, probably going to be kind of crazy. I, yeah. yeah. As, a, as a huge Disneyland fan and a huge Star Wars fan, yeah. I'm not going anywhere near that place for at you least know, the next six months. Although I did read one article, just it was just one, but it did say something about how there have been some days that weren't as busy because I guess there's been some restrictions on who can go. Like some of the locals yeah. can't go. So maybe that's been impacting. Yeah. Some of the, so the, the days. They, yeah, not to get on too much of a tangent, but the, they have a SoCal pass that's good for only off days and it's not even good for like the summer this year at all. So, uh, but no, I mean, um, maybe I'll try next year. Yeah. So we're not going to Disneyland, but okay, we, <laughs> so we are going to be recording our Street Fighter 2 episode. Oh no, one of your favorites. <laughs> yeah, not, definitely. Not mine, but. No, my favorite game of all time. <laughs> that feels like a celebration to me. 
Uh, some of the details are still pending, so I want to put that disclaimer out there. But it's looking like we're going to be recording our episode at California Extreme, the arcade show in oh, Santa Clara, California. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so we're doing like a, I guess it's not quite a live podcast, but it's an on-site podcast. Right. right. Um, and uh, so that's where we recorded our first demo guerrilla style a year ago. <laughs> Sneaking into corridors and, right. and back rooms. Yeah. Right. But now we're doing it officially by, by officially working with the show. So cool. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're also going to have some special guests to be announced. Um, and uh, of course, we'll see if any of the Retro Game Guys friends or champions, as we've been calling them, <laughs> can take me down on Street Fighter. Yeah, uh, James is still mad at me. So yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, he, I haven't talked to him in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think he's mad at me about this whole thing. He's either mad or he's just busy training. It could Hopefully be. That's, could that's be. the case, yeah. yeah. So we've been joking about how this may be a multi-part episode, but this one actually might literally be one because it's, <laughs> it's gonna we're going to have a couple different guests and things like that. So we may split it up. Maybe it'll be easier to listen to yep. that way. So uh, stay tuned. Watch for our posts on social media as we get closer. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Be a party. Woohoo. I'm looking forward to it. I, that was show was so much fun last time, just even just going around it. Yeah. And to have that experience plus uh, plus doing a recording of our uh, podcast, that should be so much fun. Yeah. And by the way, if you live near the Bay Area, it's worth the drive. I mean, it's hundreds of games all on free play. Yeah. You pay like 30 or 40 bucks to get in or yeah. whatever. And just like... And there's games you can play there that you can't play anywhere else, like prototypes and stuff like that. I would like absolutely that. say, too, especially if you're into pinball. If, oh, you're, yeah. if any of our listeners are into pinball and you're anywhere near the Bay Area, come down. Because there are I've never seen so many pinball machines in one location yeah, before. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. It's ones from, you know, the, the 100 years ago and all, all sorts of things you've just... I've never even seen it. It was so cool. So, yeah, if you can stop by, it'd be great. We'll give you more details about uh, our appearance there and, and everything else as we get closer. So, all right, let's get into the show. For this episode, we're covering the action role-playing game Secret of Mana, which was released in 1993 for the Super Nintendo. And if you'd like to give Secret of Mana a play before listening to the rest of this episode, there's a version on iOS for about eight bucks. That's, um, that's strange. I don't know if I'd want to play that. It's the... not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. I, I mean, if you have any of these other versions, play that. Other other than, it's much better than the PS4 version, which is kind of a <laughs> weird 3D remake version, but it's, it's yeah, it's not really good. I've seen tons of people panning on that yeah, version. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, if, you can always pick up that uh, original SNES cartridge. Uh, there's emulation with all the legal considerations that you know of by now, mm-hmm. but by, fur, by, fur, by <laughs> far the coolest release of Secret of Mana is on the Nintendo switch uh kind of coincidentally while we were prepping for this episode square enix put out the collection of mana which has this game along with final fantasy adventure the confusingly named first game in the series (laughs) and uh the third game trials of mana which had previously never been released outside of japan the collection is a bit pricey at 40 bucks but well worth it if you're an rpg fan with a switch thanks so much mr don van dam for being the first to tip us out about that one his name's going to trigger me again, so let's just, let's just continue. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In this Secret of Mana episode, Zach will take us through the history of the game. We'll hear about memories of the game from our community, and Zach and I will share ours as well. We'll chat about our experiences replaying Secret of Mana, and we'll also see if I got further than Zach in the game, which is not likely. Yep. <laughs> Zach will then break into JP's vault for our Collector's Corner segment. Yeah. And we will wrap with our retro game giveaway, where someone will win with an original copy of Secret of Mana. And if you want to win our next retro game giveaway, like last episode's winner, Brian H., look for at Retro Game Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us and join the conversation. Simple as that. Now to kick off this episode, here's Zach to give us a bit of the background, history, and interesting facts about Secret of Mana. Thank you, Dustin. Welcome. All right. So, well, Secret of Mana is an action role-playing game, first released on the SNES in 1993. 
Uh, came out first in Japan in August, then in North America in October, because we never get anything cool first. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it came out in Europe in, in November. Well, at least we got it before they did. Uh, it was uh, developed by Square, better known nowadays as Square Enix, after a merger in the early 2000s. Uh, Secret of Mana was directed and produced by Koichi Ishii and Hiromichi Tanaka, uh, both of whom were instrumental to the Mana series, as well as a few Final Fantasy games. Uh, Secret of Mana was programmed by Nasir Gabelli, an Iranian-American who is well-known in the video game community. Uh, I mean, the man is usually referred to by his first name only. He's like Cher or Bono. <laughs> yeah, you know? right on the right on the or title Bono, screen, it says <laughs> programmed by Nasir. Yeah. Like, like okay, whoa, man. yeah. <laughs> and how did he get his name on the title screen? Like, he, you know, he's like, hey, by the way, I got this cool idea. Just, I know, you know, a bunch of people worked on this game, but I just love for it to be front oh, he was He was the one that was known. He had some stuff before that, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so Nasir first hit the scene in the early 80s. He's made himself known, as Justin was saying, by programming some of the earliest action and 3D shooter games for the Apple II. Uh, that was my first computer that I think I touched. Uh, that was the, the uh, computer that I played uh, Karataka on, as we talked about <laughs> in that Tetris episode. I think that's what I played Oregon Trail on. Right, there you go. <laughs> uh, he later joined Square, where he programmed the first three Final Fantasy games. He also programmed Rad Racer. Cool. Uh, and, of course, Secret of Mana. I heard, too, he did um, was it a 3D World Runner also. Oh, yeah. And 3D World Runner and Rad Racer were both 3D games. They came with 3D glasses. Ooh, in, fancy. Yeah, so it gave everyone crazy red and blue headaches. <laughs> uh, so the game follows the adventures of a young boy as he travels the world in search of the eight mana temples. Um, at the beginning of the game, our hero stumbles upon the mana sword, oops, um, under the guidance <laughs> of a creepy disembodied voice. Yeah. Draw the sword. Yeah, that's right. Um, upon removal of the sword, which you should never do, by the way, if you just find a sword somewhere. Uh, a monster and a creepy voice tells you, take it out. You're <laughs> yeah. Like, no. It doesn't. That's like an idea. <laughs> so a monster comes to the nearby, vi- a monster comes to the nearby village. Uh, after defeating this monster, the villagers blame the hero for causing the problem in the first place by grabbing the sword. Uh, what he wasn't supposed to, of course, and no one should. Uh, and they banish him from the village. Yeah, and I really liked that mechanism. I mean, it's not nice. Like, he grabbed a sword. It's his fault. Banish him. But I, uh, yeah. it was. it's an early kind of, you know, most games either only let you progress linearly forward, but they put, like, hard blocks, like, screen ends. Mm-hmm. And back in, the, I don't remember a game like this back in the day where it's like, there was something, the screen is still there. You just can't go there anymore. You used to be able to go there five seconds ago. Right. But this this guy says, nope, you can't come in, and you go through, you, it waits for you to go through the door. He'll stand there for a little bit while you're while you're like, wait, should I go this way? And he, as soon as you go this way, he turns around and goes, nope, all right, bye. You yeah. I just, yeah. I thought that mechanism was really neat. Anyway. You're, you're all, uh, did I get everything I needed in this town right actually they do i think they do ask you they say you yes, know once they, you leave you can't come back that's yep. right all right well soon after his banishment a knight named Gemma tells our hero about the eight mana temples and encourages him to visit them to power up the sword so he can use it to defeat the able, the evil he's unleashed so <laughs> go fix your problem go yeah. fix the problem you created kid. <laughs> you did this right so not long into the quest the boy comes across two companions who will call the girl and the sprite <laughs> uh not the drink just yeah, he's actually say, like a sprite not dr pepper <laughs> yeah uh the girl learns magic uh including the power to heal and power up weapons uh and in any rpg uh action rpg whatever um, the power to heal is like the greatest thing. When you finally get it, it's like, oh my gosh, I can stop using items now. I could finally yeah. he- you know, heal myself. It's so great. Uh, and then the sprite is your damage dealer. So he has the most powerful magic of the mm. group. Um, so you're going to want to keep him alive quite totally. a bit. Um, so there's much, much more to the story. Don't want to bore everyone here. Uh, the crew at some point discovers the mana tree, which you kind of see in the opening of the game. Um, they travel to the mana fortress to take down the evil Thanatos. 
And surprise, and kind of spoilers here, there is an additional final boss called the Mana Beast who you have to fight at the very end as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, we don't have time to get into this. This game is huge, like 30 plus hours. We don't have to get into it. But like, go sometime and read the, the actual like plot by you know, every plot point of this game, it's a total, so it's like days of our lives. Like mm-hmm. the evil guy is going to, it made everyone go to sleep. And then, and then he's got these people that he takes so that he can take their bodies from them because his body's too weak, but then he kills everyone else. <laughs> and then, and then it's like, what, what can I just, can I just sack and slash a little bit here? It gets really involved and really yeah. so buppery. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that later. How yeah. I just, after a certain point, I just got disconnected. And this is one guy called Dyluck. And I just, I kept thinking, his name was Duck. So it just sound, doesn't it sound like Duck? Right? It's not a great name for, no. for a hero. <laughs> didn't translate. No. Yeah, no, it didn't. Uh, well, as far as the gameplay goes, Secret of Mana will be very fami- familiar to anyone who's played any other action RPG of this era, like Legend of Zelda, etc. Uh, it's that same top-down perspective and movement. But uh, one fairly unique and innovative aspect of this game is the ability to have up to three players in mm-hmm. the game at the same time. I had read somewhere that the programmers were like, you know, it's not going to take us that much more you know, time or programming to just add that feature. And so they're like, what the heck, let's do it. Um, so you, if you have this thing called the super multi-tap uh, accessory for the SNES, you could have uh, two of your friends control the girl and the sprite uh, because you're not giving up the boy, right? <laughs> no, it's like, no, he's got the best weapon. He's the strongest. <laughs> like that's for, I, I might one. take the sprite, yeah. but I'm definitely not taking the healer. I'll, I'll take the guy who has a big damage, you know, that throw, swings yeah. the big club, but I'm not taking the healer. I never got that. Like we, we, even when you and I were playing like uh world of Warcraft, wherever, like people who love just being the healer, like I'm just going to hang back and, and like, like other heal other people so they can have all the fun. Hey, like, man. Hey, if, if, if that gets you into video games, if that, if that's what you want to do and that's how you enjoy playing with your friends, that's totally fine. Just not for me. Yeah, I agree. I was always the guy that. <laughs> want to blow things up you know? i'm the hunter I, I do like to be the guy back i like to be the hunter in these kind of games throw the throw the tiger out there and shoot arrows from behind i don't want to be in the middle but yeah. i also want to be causing damage well that's why the girl's great when she has she has a bow you know yeah. she can use, that's one of the weapons and she could yeah. you know, be strong with that so maybe i'm convincing myself i want to be there you go <laughs> anyway. so, so when we play you're the girl basically is what you're Whee! saying all right all right so the development of secret of mana is one of the more unique stories in the video game world at one point, the developers actually refused to continue to work on the game until they were forced to by their corporate overlords. <laughs> you will finish this game. <laughs> uh, so the backstory here is that Secret of Mana was originally created for a then-in-development Super NES CD-ROM system, which they found a real working, you know, or prototype. Yeah, there's recently. one. Yeah, there's one. one. It's it's completely cool, but it's yeah, there's one out there. That's amazing. Yeah, and there's some. Sh- this guy brings it to some shows and stuff. I'm surprised he lets people even touch it because yeah. people have like taken pictures holding it. I'd be like no. you're not getting within no. 100 feet of this thing this needs an um, alarm well as you know the super nes cd did not come out well secret of mana was targeted to be released for that add-on and when that release fell apart square asked the team uh to convert the game back to a cartridge-based game so they had the ability to create it you know it's a cd-rom game that have a lot more room yeah so now it's back to a cartridge game it's like wah wah uh, so the director basically said the team had to lose about 40% of the planned game to fit it Crazy. into an SNES's car- the SNES cartridge. Um, and as I said before, Ishii and team f- initially refused to do that because the leadership at Square pushed them hard to continue. Uh, probably the two biggest pieces lost in the conversion were the original plan to have multiple routes through the game and the plan multiple endings. Um, you can see a lot of what was lost on one of our favorite websites. It's called The Cutting Room Floor. Check it out. 
It has a couple dozen unused sprites on display, along with some music and dialogue. All was cut from the game. Yeah. So it's one of the longest entries I've ever seen on that website. It's just just scrolls for days and days. Here's something else that didn't make it in the game. Here's something else that yeah. didn't make it in the game. And that sucks because you know here you plan a game and you build a game that is you know what you've you know we've been thinking about all this time, right? It's like this is the expression. This is my art, right? This is my expression. Mm. And then it's like, oh yeah, take that to great thing you created and, and cut it almost in half. Well, and, and, and try to maintain and some kind of a completely experience. understandable why they why they uh, uh, said no at first because <laughs> yeah. w- what would you do in that situation? Right. Take half off the top. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, so another problem occurred uh, when Square decided to try to rush the game to the American market in time for the upcoming Christmas season. Uh, the late October release gave the team literally 30 days <laughs> oh, to translate all the Japanese text throughout the game into English. This led to a ton of shortcuts. For one, the characters of Boy, Quirrell, and Sprite actually had Japanese names. Uh, but those didn't make the cut. There's also a lot of rushed and poorly translated dialogue with one screen mostly reading unfinished diary entry. <laughs> in the Japanese version, that actually says something, but they just like, eh, we don't know. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that would be, think of all the text in a game. Right. Especially in an RPG, RPG game. game yeah, right. Yeah. Just to, if to it's translate like pole position like, or something, you have to translate go, fine. <laughs> but, like, but this kind of game, like where they're literally the first two minutes of the game is just text upon text upon text upon text telling you the whole backstory yeah and let alone the next 30 hours in well, the game. we all know my and Jap- you have 30 days yeah my japanese is a bit rusty as <laughs> right my favorite part um, of literally one of my favorite f- top favorite five favorite parts of recording these episodes is watching him try to get through what's so, exact try to get so through tough. japanese but i know enough to know that you know you're not translating word from word here it's not like it's from one latin based language to another it's no. like you're actually you have translate you know, concepts into right. different concepts which is even harder even crazier all right well despite all these issues secret of Mana was favored with almost universal acclaim upon released with most reviewers or sorry i should say with most reviews at about 90 percent or higher EGM, GameFan, GamePro all gave their gave the game their best RPG of the Year awards for 1993. Um, and Secret of Mana enjoyed immediate success in Japan, eventually selling over one and a half million copies in that country alone. Woo-hoo. Now, sales elsewhere were a bit more modest, with estimates running between 300 to 500,000 copies sold in America. Uh, still, in its release month of October 1993, it was the second best-selling SNES game in America, behind only... Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Which is understandable. Who's beaten that game, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, as far as the legacy of Secret of Mana goes, it was part of the growing popularity of the role-playing game genre in America. So this game, along with the Final Fantasy and Legend of Zelda series, really helped drive RPGs as a viable game genre that companies could make real money developing. Yes, people do like RPGs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This really showed that. Yeah. it's Well, now you have systems that can actually run them, too. Mm-hmm, you know, back mm-hmm. then it was like Atari wasn't going to have... No, <laughs> so, right. You know, RPGs on Atari, good luck. Right. Words on Atari, you're only going to get about four. <laughs> right. Uh, in some ways, we have these games to thank for wonderful titles like Skyrim, Witcher 3, Dragon Age, Inquisition, some of our favorites out there. And of course, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I think there's some elements of this game that really helped other RPGs and action RPGs perfect the formula over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, it, it showed that this kind of game can... Can, can really uh, resonate with an audience and that the uh, developers should really keep pushing that forward. Yeah, and that's what I liked about the action RPG genre, by the way, is um, some people ask, like, what's the difference between RPG and action RPG? To, I mean, it's, well, action. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's right on the true. nose there. <laughs> no. It's in the name. <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know, RPGs are pretty, they're pretty heady things, right? A lot of numbers and stats and things like that. And 
Um, with RPGs, you get some of the fun, the fun elements of leveling up and all that, but you still get this, the sword swinging mm-hmm. that it still requires dexterity, hand-eye coordination. Yeah. And, you know, so I, it's kind of like the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Not everyone's a fan of action RPGs, but that next to fighting games, that is my favorite I, genre. I will say that Dragon Age Inquisition is literally probably my favorite game that's come out in the last 10 years. It's so cool. And it's got those elements of, like, you can send other people to do your fighting. You can mm-hmm. get into the battle if you want. You can read a bunch of text. You can build out a wardrobe. You can do, you can quest for different swords. You can, you know, craft. It's got ever anyway, the, all these games, Skyrim, of course. Skyrim has all the memes. I love Skyrim. <laughs> right? Yeah, Skyrim is worth it just for, if you have never seen the video, and I'll have Zach posted to our social media, <laughs> someone modded the dragon at the very beginning of the game to be Randy Macho Man Savage <laughs> flying around. Oh, yeah. He's oh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like breaks in the wall, goes, step into a slip gym. <laughs> like, you got it. You, we'll post it. It's so hilarious. But anyway, this is a great genre. This is why the internet was invented. Uh, oh, for sure. Right, right. For sure. We can't solve certain diseases or cure certain diseases, <laughs> but we can, you know, turn uh, Dragon into Macho Man Randy Savage. Exactly. Rest in peace, my friend. Yeah, All right. right. Well, that wraps up the history segment. And now to help us learn more about the game, here are five ridiculously interesting facts ridiculously interesting about facts. Secret of Mana. Shh, it's a secret. Uh, <laughs> number one, sometimes Japanese and American releases don't quite line up. You don't say. Right. Uh, so the first game in the Mana series was Saiken Densetsu on the Game Boy oh, in Japan. Oh, man. I, little pause here. Yeah. Very good, Zach. Thank, yeah, thank you. through that one. I probably still got it wrong, so it's going to still correct me. Uh, and that was brought to the U.S. as Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Uh, but wait, Zach, I thought you said this was the Mana series we're talking about, not Final Fantasy. Well, never mind. Just put that aside for a minute. So then there's a sequel, Saiken Densetsu 2, which is Secret of Mana here in the U.S. Okay, now we're on track, right? So the rest of the games are going to line up. Uh, but then Saiken Densetsu 3 comes out in Japan, and we don't get that one here in the U.S., until 24 years later on the Switch. So, yeah, good job staying on the same page there between, you know, U.S. and Japan releases. What the heck is going on there? Exactly. It's like uh, Final Fantasy games, too. Like, I don't know how much you know about those series, but... I know the numbers don't make any sense. Like, <laughs> six is three or yeah, something. Yeah, it's basically like. two is four and all that, yeah. <laughs> and that and that makes it difficult when they try to re-release games in other countries, right? So think yeah. of, like, Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, was, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan wasn't the Super Mario 2 we got. That's a famous story. Mm-hmm. But then when they finally released our Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan, they're like, well, what do we call it now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they call this Super Mario USA. <laughs> nice. All solved. Does he, the, every flag he has is the right. white and blue. USA. <laughs> you, yeah. He drives a big uh, monster truck. Right. <laughs> All right. Number two, Flammy doesn't know where the hell he's going. So about halfway through the game, you come across this dragon named Flammy, uh, who conveniently flies you to areas on the map that you can't get to by foot. So it's really cool. The first time you get on him, you kind of fly through the world. It's this mode seven effect that we've talked about in other Super Nintendo games. Uh, the only problem is that the in-game map does not show the names of the cities that you're supposed to go to. So sometimes you have to go this like trial and error route to find where a specific city is, which can be very time consuming. Yeah. Um, so originally the game, when you bought the game, it came with a printed map, which did show you where the cities were. But like, good luck if you don't have the original map or you just want to play with what's in the game and don't right. want to check the internet, then you're going to get lost yeah. all the time. Yeah, you guys told me that this game was going to be more straightforward to follow than Legend of Zelda. And then I'm like, wait, what is going on here? Yeah, no, it actually, <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I just, after playing it and revisiting it, but yeah, that, I'm wrong with that, yeah. And then pulling up the in-game map, it, it's also painful. I showed you, Dustin, earlier yeah. about how you know how that thing was just so ridiculous because I don't think you got to the part where there was the flying yet. No, I mean, I um, saw it on, on the internets, but no, I didn't get to yeah, it myself. So you, Spoiler you, alert, you, you I pull, didn't beat Zach. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so you pull up the in-game map, and what happens is, is I guess it has to render each time. So it's not like it's a you know a picture that it's displaying. So the, the the first you see like this globe, and then you push another button, and then the screen will re- will render one horizontal strip at a time. <laughs> so it's like you're using like Windows 95 on dial-up or something to finally see right. the whole the, map. Oh my gosh. Map. Or the like if you ever see a demo of like how CRTs used to work with the scan lines and they mm-hmm. slow it down and it's like that's what it looks like. Yeah, like, you're just like really I'm just slow. trying to figure out where I'm going. <laughs> and so the fun part of flying wears off very quickly. Uh, number three, Secret of Mana is often praised for its music, but surprisingly it was the composer's first video game project. <laughs> Well, that's as, ambitious. Yeah, as Mr. Miyagi would say, beginner's luck. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hiroki Kakuta. How's that one? Was that good? Woo, not yeah. bad. It's probably not Kakuta. It's just, right. Just, just go just with it. Roll with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hiroki Kakuta uh, wanted to do something different with the music, something that wouldn't follow popular styles or sound like standard game music. So this guy spent nearly 24 hours a day in his office working on the soundtrack that he called, quote, immersive and three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, he even created custom sound samples that perfectly matched the hardware capabilities of the SNES so that there would be no difference between the music he was composing and what the player would eventually hear. That's cool. So the dude was very, <laughs> he was very tuned in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, obviously he nailed it. Um, as, you, as you can tell, when you first turn the game on, like even the opening sequence is just, it's awesome. The music is so great. It's its different, definitely different than anything I remember from that era when I turned it on on the Switch, because I never played this game back in the day, uh, Super Nintendo, not one a system I played. When I fired it up on the Switch, I, I almost thought maybe this was a new like soundtrack for the game or something. Oh, wow, interesting. Because it, it just sounded like something more, not maybe modern, but more like you might hear uh in different in, in later games and then i i watched some youtube playthroughs like nope that's what the soundtrack that's is. so awesome that's i cool. love i love that overview you know or the overworld theme we'll talk about that mm-hmm. when we get to the music mm-hmm. side number four we have this super nintendo game to thank for the wonderful final fantasy games that eventually appeared on the playstation <laughs> nice. so as i mentioned uh before the development of secret of mana would be best described as a bit rocky eh, just a bit yeah. just a tad um it is thought that the problems that arose during the cancellation of the snes cd-rom project pushed Square to eventually move their development focus over to the Sony PlayStation in 1996. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, <laughs> they were they were kind of sounds like they were kind of done yeah. with this whole thing like Nintendo. And and I mean to be fair, Sony was part of the SNES SNES CD ROM <sighs> project also, but what a, uh, what a miss though. You know what I mean? Totally like, Sony's like, "Hey, do you want to collaborate on this thing? It's going to be cool." And they're like, "Yeah, no, nah, I think we're going to do something else." Yeah. We're like, "Yeah, good luck. We're only going to become now the number one." <laughs> and yeah. You know, platform out there and i i would say that i think that there's a lot of fun these final fantasy games once they did move to the playstation uh a lot most of them are not universally loved by the final fantasy audience but there's some really 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 interesting ones really oh, entertaining ones and there's up uh, there's classics like final fantasy 7 which is like you know i think yeah. people would put that in their top, top like 10 like even games like i time. think uh, is it 10 and 12 are quirky in some ways and they're kind of interesting I, i'd mm-hmm. have to go back and look i'm not but then there's a, the most recent one which was another hit right that well, one yeah you know? but but they've kind of distanced themselves from from 15 mm-hmm. like i really like 15 it's uh the it's in that same kind of genre that i like like the Dragon Ages, but they've mm. kind of diff- distanced themselves and there's a little controversy to that one too. So it's, nothing mm. is, not, I don't think anyone in the last 10, 15 years has been straightforward like everyone likes it. Well, every game has chocobos. That's all I know, right? <laughs> is that, I don't even know if that's true, but anyway. Uh, number five, this game can be finished in just over eight minutes with the glitch. Oh boy. So someone found out that if you perform a set of actions, including talking to one of the cannon guys, you know, the guys that like they shoot you to other locations, which is kind of comical. 
Uh, you talk to him over and over and over. The game will glitch and send you right to the ending. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So you can check out speedrun.net to watch the video. It's pretty crazy. I can imagine. And speaking of crazy, that was five ridiculously crazy, interesting facts about Secret of Mana. Ooh. All right, Zach. Thank you. Now let's yep. talk about memories of playing Secret of Mana back in the day. We collected feedback on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by asking people to finish this sentence. My fondest memory of playing Secret of Mana is... Let's hear from our audience. Sean O says, going to my friend's house in middle school and realizing there was a two-person RPG we could play. That would be cool. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I think one of the reasons like games like Gauntlet or whatever for me became so big was like, I can play this with my buddies yeah. and we can still all kick butt together. And it was an RPG. Like, I don't, yeah. I can't even remember any other multiplayer RPG, especially during I, that I, era. I didn't even know this existed and I don't think, I can't think of a single one back then that was, uh, was that case, that was the case. I don't even know where I was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. What did I have for dinner? Um, at McClickster13 said, the soundtrack, only ever rented this game and never bought it, be- and, but I remember the game music being really good. Along those same lines, our pal Jamarcus Funk Melon. Jamarcus Funk Melon shared. <laughs> I love that name. Sorry, I get real. I get hung up when that name comes up. Uh, he said, realizing that the music in a game could contribute so much to the overall experience. Uh, totally agree. Here, here. Yep, totally agree. Andrew L shared finishing it after two weeks less than a month ago. Yeah, and kudos to Andrew by the way for not only finishing the game, but he wrote up some thoughts on his playthrough and he sent it to us. So we'll talk about those a little later. Oh, cool. Yep. Merlin Reynolds said, having to run it 10 separate times in order to beat it, speed running it because someone kept deleting the saves every time. <laughs> wow, that sucks. I told him on uh, Facebook, I was like, you should have named your character, you delete, you die. <laughs> <Or something laughs> right. like that. Don't touch this. <laughs> right. Can't uh, touch this. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, our buddy, Scott P. Hey, I know that guy. Yep. Uh, I've known him longer than you, Zach. You have. I mean, you've known him longer than I have known him, but I have known him, that, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the uh, Secret of Mana series. Right, yeah. right. His name was Final Fantasy. Um, wow, that's... <laughs> <laughs> He's your, he was your Final Fantasy? Scott was? We're moving on. Yeah. Uh, he says, Zach finding my saved game on his copy after 20 years. That's right. Yeah, I sent him a picture of it. It's, that's awesome. I love that stuff too. So right now, think of the games in your collection, uh, Legend of Zelda, games like Secret of Mana that have battery saves, and just pull them out and see what's on them. Wow, that's Because I bet cool. you you're going to find like old friends, ex-girlfriends, like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff on there that you're like, wow, because it, it captures that, you know, snapshot of your life. That's awesome. I've never thought to do that. I'll have to, well, I'm now I now that I've moved into a place that I can actually pull my video games out, I'm going to have to try some of the old ones, see if I have some saves. Do it. Darren M says, my fondest memory of playing Secret of Mana on the SNES was receiving it on my 16th birthday, finally completing the game with my best mate. And absolutely loving the music, especially the main title screen track. Oh, music again. A lot of for the music here. Yeah. Stephen T says, winning the lottery, buying DeLorean, investing, t- investing, I think he meant inventing time travel so I can travel to a point in the future to a time after I have purchased or won this copy and played the game. I will own this game one day. Oh, his point is that he's never played it. <laughs> so he wants to go to the future wants, till after he played it and then he'll have memories the of game. it? He wants to win the game. Wait, I'm so confused. <laughs> Again, this is Secret of Adam. This is perfect. I've lost. Yeah. Uh, moving on. And lastly. Well, I, I think it, you should buy a DeLorean though. I mean, was, why not? Yeah. I just watched Wedding Singer last night. So that's, well, there's, there's another movie that has DeLorean in it. So uh, nice. good, good times. Julia Gulia. That's funny. Uh, and lastly, at the Retro Bear Den, Poted. <laughs> that's, a, that's a typo in this game. Poted. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be posted, but I like Poted. Can we can we go with Poted? 
doesn't doesn't it's like slate over here. It's too late for me or something. But if you add an O, it'd be pooted. <laughs> That'd be even better. Oh, I think it's too hot here. Yeah, right. it is. It is getting hot here. <laughs> and, uh, it's getting hot in here. And lastly, at the retro bear den. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Roll with it, brother. All right, rolling. And lastly, at the retro bear den, posted my fondest memory of playing Secret of Mana on the hashtag SNES is staying up on a school night, tired, trying to beat the mana beast. I thought all hope was lost, but I finally did it at 3 a.m. Well, school was rough that next day. Almost fell asleep in class. I fell asleep in class every day. Not say, video yeah. games. And you know, we, you know, we've always, most of us did that, right? Staying oh, up super absolutely. late, playing games when you weren't supposed to. So when I was growing up, my parents had our spare room next to their bedroom. This is when I didn't have a TV in my room yet, mm-hmm. but had a TV room, a TV in there. And so I would sneak in that room, you know, on a school night, late at night. Totally. And be playing punch out or whatever. And, and my dad would always like come in at a certain point and be like, what are you doing in here? And I'd be like, why, how'd you hear me? He's like, all I heard was like, click, 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 click. And like, <laughs> you know, like how could, you can't play a hard NES game and be silent. There's no, no for you sure. Know, especially not me, right? So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And then I would, of course, be tired in class the next day and all oh, that absolutely. stuff. But uh, yeah, we all did it. All right. Great stuff. Well, all right, Zach, what do you remember about this game? What do you remember about Secret of Mana prior to revisiting it? Well, Secret of Mana reminds me of being drugged up. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yeah, no, not not in that way. So well, anyway, when this game came out, I was in high school. I had to get my wisdom teeth pulled. Oh, um, wisdom teeth story. Yeah, so and mine were impacted pretty bad. So recovery recovery was longer than normal. Plus, I'm kind of a wimp, so you know, <laughs> right? Took four years. No, um, but because I'd be laying around taking pain meds, I didn't have anything to do. Um, I just was like, I need to find a game that I could just like chill and relax and then I'll get tons of play time out of. Mm. So I got Secret of Man. It was absolutely perfect. I played this game like sun up to sundown or when I would, you know, until I passed out from the meds or whatever. Totally, yeah. Um, just for days. And I finally did finish the game. Um, and yeah, I loved the music. I remember the music, remember the graphics. And like I said earlier, action adventure games, they were my favorite genre, you know, next to fighting games. And uh, yeah, this game has a very, you know, a big place in my heart or a special place in my heart. What do you want to say? <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so I remember. Yeah, uh, I don't have any memories of this one, not one I played, but I do have a, a quick uh, funny wisdom teeth story. Oh, yeah, please share. tell us. <laughs> when I got mine out, I think it was a little younger than you. Uh, I think it was in middle school. Um, but apparently they thought I was some sort of like Greek god or like Andre well, the doesn't? Giant or something. So, right, of course, just me and, <laughs> me and Don Van Dam, uh, the golden god. Golden god. Um, but they gave me enough drugs to to put down a horse, and I when I woke up, I couldn't move, and I literally thought I was in the da- uh, dungeon at Java's Palace. <laughs> what the heck? You're like hallucinating. I was waiting for like Chewbacca to come out of the darkness, <laughs> and like Han Solo to come over to me blind, and then then my dad came in, and I was like, oh okay, I guess I guess I could do back to reality. Now. Yeah. So yeah, that's my memories from back in the day, but uh, nothing on this game. Yeah, my only other memory of Wisdom Teeth was. Um, I thought I was ready to move on to like solid foods earlier than I actually was. Mm. And I, I kept dreaming of Fruit Loops. Like, oh, I just want a bowl of Fruit Loops. Gosh, I would just do anything for Fruit Loops. And they're there, you know, in the 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 cereal boxes, like in our cupboard, like mocking me every time I walk by. So one day I'm like, you know what? I think I'm good now, you know? Mm. So I, I take one bite of Fruit Loops and one of the Fruit Loops just goes, rolls back in one of the holes. Oh, and I bit down nah. and it was like, the, it was like, no, nah. the worst pain. I was like, spoon down, throw the bowl away. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was okay. horrible. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's yep. move on. 
let's move on to our playthrough yes. over the last couple weeks. Yes, All right, yes. Zach, you tell me, what did you think about the fun factor of this game? Yeah, yeah. Um, so no doubt this is a fun game. I don't mm. think anyone would argue with that if that it wasn't fun. Um, but I can't say that I had fun end to end, Okay, though. Um, so I, you know, the game's going to feel familiar to anyone that's played a Zelda game. It's great to fa- uh, wander around, fight all these colorful enemies and bosses. I mean, it's just the menu system is really cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. I mean, there's um, tons of bosses. I think there's literally like 50 bosses in the game. Yeah, you know, so there's so much unique stuff that's so fun. But about halfway through the game, I got I started to get bored. Like you said, the story drags. Because there's so many bosses, you fight some of the same bosses like over and over. Oh, it's a different color. Right. You know, the um, the castles start to look the same. You know, so it starts to like feel like a slog. Like, oh. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know, I got to be at least like near the end of the game. So I pulled up a walkthrough mm. and I wasn't even like 30% through the game. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and to think my they wanted to make God. this game like twice as long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe if you had different ways to go, it might have been yeah, more interesting. The, I don't different know, different paths. Yeah, that could have been maybe part of the reason why it, like, it wasn't, the, wasn't what they intended in some ways. Right. And then there's just some things that kind of bug me, like that, that knock the fun factor for me. So the first is like this. Um, repetitive task thing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like there's one part where you can, you have to use a whip to cross like a chasm, mm-hmm. you know, so you, but you have to go into your in- inventory, select the whip, use it, and then put the whip away. It's like, okay, once you know how to do that, why right. should I have to do that 15 times on a level? It's right. just so annoying. And then another <laughs> thing too, I'm sure some people have done this. There's a rope that when you use the rope, you can escape a dungeon, right? It's like your shortcut out, but it looks like the whip weapon. So you like could be in the middle of a level, like, oh, get the whip, and you accidentally choose the rope on accident, and you exit the <laughs> level. Like gone. Ah, start all over again. <laughs> um, but uh, And then there's a couple things, too, with just the, the overall, um, the basic gameplay. So um, I don't know what you thought about the attack meters in the game, but like this isn't a game where you can just hack and slash and, and you know, button mash like yeah. Zelda, right? Yeah. Is it you have to wait until your strength meter goes up to 100% yeah. to get a full swing in? Otherwise, I messed that up a couple, yeah. many times. It, it took me, I did the first boss, the first guy that shows in the village like six times and I realized like I kept doing it better and better each time because I was like actually figuring out the timing. But on that first one with no like real hint, mm-hmm. it does say like, it does, the guy, the kid that falls in there with you does try to give you like a little hint. I forget exactly what he says, but yeah, uh, he's like, wait till your meter's at a hundred percent. Yeah, he doesn't say it exactly, but he says, you know, watch what he does or something like that. And yeah. I think it, he's basically warning you give give about your timing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not well explained, and I didn't understand until like my sixth t- time on it, like what I was doing. And, yeah. And why I was doing it. And so you're basically like waiting in between hits, which you know, the enemies just keep throwing things at you, right? And then later in the game, you get like a, you can charge your weapons, like hold the you know, button down, it charges up. And mine, I got it up to like, you know, six levels of charge. Mm-hmm. So it's just like charge, 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 you know? And you're thinking you're just going to let the button go and the whole sticker TV is going to blow up from power, <laughs> right. you know? But what I found was that more often than not, I would get hit while I'm charging totally. and then I would lose my charge. And right. I'm like, what's the whole point of waiting? You know, so I, I don't know. I'm, it, in principle, it's cool, but I didn't, right. you know, didn't really like that part of it. Okay. Well, for me on the fun factor, I think the only thing I uh, can really add to any of that is I, I would describe a lot of, especially early in the game, the parts that I played multiple times. And we'll talk about that in a minute, why that happened. Um, I would describe them as whimsical. 
there's a lot of interesting things. You're standing by the waterfall. Your kids, your friends tell you don't do that, and you're like whatever, and you fall off the log. Into yeah, the I water. love that opening. Yeah, and and you know, and then when the, even the banishing from the village is kind of silly. It's I, I, I would describe it as whimsical. There's it's serious, but not. It doesn't take itself so seriously. Oh, right. Like when so, you're opening a treasure chest, and he kind of like he picks it up and like beats it, you know, on the ground yeah. and it pops. There's so many funny things. Yeah. So yeah. I I really like. I enjoyed that this game seemed like it it knew what it was it wasn't trying to be so like pretentious um so yeah that was cool for me what about the graphics zach what do you think about the graphics here oh they're beautiful they're i mean just some of the best super nintendo graphics of any game I mean, just of that from era. the title screen yeah, is neat just so yeah. awesome i love yeah that title screen cool where like that like the letter box opens up and you see that the three characters standing in front of the tree mm-hmm. and like then like the like birds come by and mm-hmm. stuff yeah it's just the animation the the yeah i mean it looks great the only knock i would say is just the, you know, the castles and some of the stuff, just again, they're kind of reused a lot. Yeah. So, but um, but there's some stuff that are that are pretty mind-blowing, like the first time you see the flying in Mode 7. Um, and also, like, even later in the game, there's this level where it's like a bunch of tree canopies and stuff, and you have to kind of walk under the tree. Your, your character kind of disappears under the trees and, you know, comes in and out of the trees. And um, it's just, yeah, it's gorgeous. They did a great job on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So we've talked about the music and sound quite a bit uh, already, but I'd like to talk about it a little more. But first, I'd like to we've referenced so much. Let's uh, let's throw in a clip here from from the game for our audience to take a listen to. Dude, I love that. It's one of my favorite tracks in the game. It's so good. good. I mean, yeah. just the, the, this guy. I love that the fact that it was basically like I, it, it almost sounds like he didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> He's there in his office, office all day, every day, twenty almost twenty four hours a day, and he kind of almost invented a new way to do things in a sense with the whole uh, idea of of making his own uh, pieces so that they would sound exactly like what they would come out and. Uh, there's some like mad genius in the music oh, of totally. this game. Yeah, I mean, I loved like you can hear like these like the flutes and just like the string instruments and all. It's and you know the the pieces are longer too. Like it's not super repetitive either. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is awesome. Great music. Absolutely. I'm sure there's a soundtrack out there, you know, like on vinyl or something. There's, there's, got, there's this, gotta be. This soundtrack's gotta be produced At somewhere. least in Japan. Yeah. Some, a, a game that sells one and a half million copies, they, yeah. they most likely have it somewhere. And it's called Final Fantasy Adventure Soundtrack. 17 or something. Yeah, whatever. Um, all right, what about the challenge, Zach? Too easy, too hard, just right, what'd you think? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a bit easy um, okay. from like an experienced gamer point of view. Because, uh, I mean, so one thing is you do die permanently. So if you die, you go back to your last save. So that that sucks. Sometimes you'll you'll lose a life on a boss or something, and you have to work your way back to him. But if you hit a difficult boss or some part you can't pass, all you need to do is just grind a bit more, both like regular grinding, you know, strength-wise, and also your magic. And you're going to win with one, one or two more tries. Like, there's not much in this game that, mm-hmm. like, you know, will give you a crazy challenge. Right. One of the second to last bosses, the skeleton guy, you know, he can he can be a little bit of a pain in the butt. But if you're an obsessive sa- saver like I am, I think I had like 150 saves or something <laughs> on the game when I finally beat it. Wow. You'll never lose too much ground. So it's it's just kind of easy. I think that the, the challenge really isn't just getting through it. Yeah. You're spending long, all yeah. the time doing it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I didn't obviously get near as far as you, so I can't speak to the challenge of the whole game. But the parts that I, once I kind of got the idea of how this game worked, the mechanics of it, I never felt challenged in too much. I always, I think exactly like you're saying, um, oh, okay, well, I messed that up. I just saved. I'll just do that again. Um, which is kind of what I like about a lot of the later action RPGs. Like the, there's always a way to just move forward. And even if you don't, you know, if you're not great at it, you can get get through it after a few tries. Yeah. So, and challenge crazy. is a hard question too, because it's yeah. like, you know, some people like easy games. That right. is a good challenge for them. Some people right. like it really difficult. Like, oh, you know, I want it to be so hard that I have to like, you know, do the same thing 500 times. And that's yeah. a fun challenge. So, I mean, it's kind of a hard question, but I would say just for me, I, yeah. And to be honest, like I I play a lot of those kind of games in what sometimes they refer to as like story mode. Hmm. Um, there's a game that I, I recently picked up. It's a couple of years old, but it's really awesome called Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I haven't played that one. It's a lot about really it. fun. But um, I, they have a thing called story mode, which is basically like there's no challenge to the fights necessarily. You still have to follow the basic beats. There's a lot in the, that game in, in uh, how you hide and, and when you appear and when you attack. Mm-hmm. So you still have to follow the basic patterns. But if you just do what it asks you to do, you're not going to die. Hmm. But then you can kind of experience the story, the choose your own adventure parts of it. That's what I'm kind of interested in. I want to play. I want to. Ch- I want that little challenge. I want to be able to do the fights, but I don't want to have to be trying to fight, fight the same boss over and over and over again because I'm not that yeah. great at video games. I'm more interested in the story of it moving forward. So a lot of that for this in this game seemed that it was really cool. Yeah. So uh, what aspect of this game gave you the most trouble, Zach? Well, besides slogging through right. the middle yeah, that section, sounds like I said it. a bunch of times. No, the thing that gave me the most trouble was um, playing. You know, controlling three players at once. If you don't have friends, so you and I played for a bit. Yeah. Two players. It was awesome because totally. like. Hey, two brains. There's three or four different you know, characters on the screen. You're gonna attack a couple. I'm gonna attack a couple. Right. Like we, we're not discussing strategy here. We just know what to do. You got two different targets for the for the yeah. bad guy to go after, and you're going for it. But with when you have two CPU controlled players, my God, do they do crazy stuff? Like they get <laughs> stuck behind rocks. You know, you're, I'm trying to so that I'm I'm navigating. I'm trying to run through a couple of screens where the say the enemies are really hard, and I don't want to take any damage because I'm trying to get to a boss and have full health. 
I'm jamming and I can't move because two of my my other guys, the girl and the sprite, are fighting random people. <laughs> and I'm like, stop fighting. Now, luckily, there is a setting where you can tune them to yeah. say you more aggressive or less, whatever. But even putting them all the way back to like avoid setting, they'll still get like in a tussle with certain enemies. You're like, what are you doing? Stop! Or they'll or or literally get stuck behind yeah. a rocker or a or it's a like having ladder. your little brother or little sister with you. Oh, totally. Get over here. Yeah, what they are you do doing? That, they do that whole like you know funny thing like you see even like I was uh, seen in Wreck It Ralph where there's an enemy running toward a wall. He's just running, you know, and, and, and you know, it's like <laughs> right. that. They're just running against the wall, and you're like, turn around. What are you doing? Yeah. So that that was difficult. So what I had to do a couple of times was I had to like hit select a bunch and like control each one and bring them down a ladder, yeah. then control the next one, bring them down. That gets kind of old. Um, I will say though, the programming is pretty brilliant though. There was a few of those it annoying better spots. better be, that but, guy has one name. Right, Nasir. <laughs> Nasir. Yeah, like um, no, but I mean, but there are some gripes, but like it does work fairly good. The action's pretty frantic. For amount, the amount of things that are happening on the screen at once in this game for 1993, like they did pretty a yeah. uh, pretty good bang up job on it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I would say the aspect of the game that gave me most trouble is not anybody's fault except for just how uh, I haven't played a lot on the Nintendo Switch with these newer or, you know, retro games. Um, I played for quite a bit, but I kept screwing up the save, how it gets saved differently on there. There's a quick mm, save thing, but it didn't work well for mm. me. So when I talk about fighting the first boss like six times, it's because I kept screwing up the save and I don't yeah. know what I was doing wrong and I figured it out eventually. So yeah. I didn't get as far as I wanted. That's what gave me the most trouble saving properly, which I, is stupid. I, I, no, it's not stupid because I've had that problem. <laughs> Actually, my brother-in-law, Jerry, get him, Jerry. Uh, he, get him, we, Jerry. We were talking about that not too long ago about it's like double saves because you could yeah. save in the game and then you could like save the state. Right. So there's times where you'll do one or the other and you'll screw it up. Yeah. And know? that's what I was doing. I, I basically had it where I was like, no, wait, where's that? I just I swear I just saved. I, you know, I have to go like, you know, wife's like, go wash the dishes. Okay. I put it down. I come back and it's like, Secret of Mana title screen. I'm like, what the hell? Where'd my save go? Yeah, where'd you know? it go? So that 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 tripped me up. So um, watching yeah. dishes, dishes crying <laughs> again. But I got really good at that guy in the tunnel underneath the city. I'll I tell was you that. Say. <laughs> yeah. All right. He other was than, kind of annoying. Oh, yeah. He was kind of annoying. Well, he was totally annoying. I that was like because I, wa I even watched a walkthrough after the mm -hmm. second time because I was like, what am I doing wrong on this? And I watched a walkthrough and the guy was like watching he's like jumping over and he's hitting him and then he goes on the other side and hits him oh okay there's a pattern to this yeah i tried doing that and i couldn't i don't know what i was doing wrong i could not do it the way the guy was doing it and yeah. i'm like there I'm, is a there that is was a, a 10 hour walkthrough too by the oh way oh my god <laughs> i didn't watch the whole thing i, I was gonna say i watched probably about 45 minutes of it but there uh there's a boss i don't know if he's the second or third boss in the game but he's called like the spiky tiger or something and uh, i think this is the guy who most people who rent the game would would rage quit on mm. um, because you're weak in the beginning of the game and what he'll do is he'll hit you but he knocks your characters unconscious and you don't have really healing ability yet right. so your guys are constantly getting knocked out and you're trying to you know and he's powerful then he also he jumps out of the screen and then casts magic on you <laughs> so and this is really early in the game so again this is one of those things people go oh this is not an easy game it's like no but once you get past that once right. you start leveling up then you know, it gets a heck of a lot easier, but I bet you for most players. And then you fly back and go kick those guys' butt. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. What tips and tactics? Blah, tips and tactics. Did you come across that? Yeah, there. Um, there's a few things, but I would say the number one is this thing called chain casting. Right. Um, and I didn't just, I discovered this myself, but not till late in the game, which mm. is uh, magic plays a really, really important role in defeating okay. bosses in the game. Um, the sprite guy has some really cool magic. 
Um, and I don't even know how many different magic classes or quote unquote you, you get, maybe six or seven, whatever. And there's like a certain number of spells under each class, but you really only need to use a few. And so you're, you're leveling those up more and more to make them really strong. And then when you get to certain bosses, what you could do is you can cast a spell and then when the, and every spell has a little animation, like a guy will pop out and he'll do a little dance or something. And then this big boulder comes and hits the enemy. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, each one again has this animation based on the, the character um, of like the, each magic class has a different character. Just put it that way. Okay. Um, what you do is basically you cast a spell, the character comes out, it starts to move. And what you can do then is you could cast another spell before the first one finishes and you could just repeat this. Mm. And so what, what happens That's is, cool. is that when you finally like stop, you know, doing that, um, like all of those spells hits the boss at once. Whoa. Okay. Now the thing is, is that uh, boss damage sometimes maxes out at like nine, nine, nine. So you have to be careful not to do 20 of them because you'll never, you won't get, <laughs> You know, at a certain right. point it maxes out. But later bosses, you just do that and it's like, you know, just boom, boom. And when you, if you have enough magic, um, like magic points, you could just destroy most bosses easily. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the biggest piece of advice I would give anyone playing this game is level up your magic. Because I got to the end of the game and I didn't level up my magic. I didn't grind at all. And that's all I had to do for like four hours one time. Just, <laughs> it's probably not that long, but it felt like a long time. Just, oh my God. So I would go in, like for healing magic, I would go into an inn, you know, where you rest. Yeah. And I would like rest. And before I even left the inn, I would just have the girl cast healing magic over and over and over and over until she ran out. And then I'm in the inn already. I would just go back to sleep and recover magic points and do it again and again. So, but overall, I would say you don't have to do a lot of grinding in this game. Mm-hmm. Like it's not this, I can't say that for some games, like even um, the early Final Fantasy games or Dragon Warrior games, I, I half my memories of those games are grinding. This, right. I think you know you pretty. It feels pretty organic. Okay, you know? cool. So all right, yeah. What a what a on that kind of similar bent. What would have made the game better? We touched on a little bit of that. Uh, I think maybe a little bit more of an approachable story. The story yeah. felt like it got a little watered down and strange in the middle. Totally. Um, but you know, outside of that, I mean, I better don't know. map. Yeah, better map. Uh, maybe the like I said, some of the sword stuff like. Like the charging and all that, taking some of that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get what they were doing; it was ambitious. Um, this game is pretty good. I yeah. don't know. There's not a whole lot that I would. No, change, as we said, this you know? this is almost universally acclaimed. I think I saw one score that was like in the you know 75, percent but pretty much everything else was 90, yeah. 95, five I, out of five. I stars. really wish we could play the what they originally imagined, like the actual version totally. that they imagined, because that that might have been a true classic. Absolutely, you know? I, I still think this is a classic, but that would have been just some sort of like upper echelon one. Yeah. Um, and so uh, to kind of round out, we usually uh, um, do two last questions here. But uh, we what we usually call the most important question, how far we got. Well, it's not really <laughs> a competition today. Usually I like trying to see if I can beat Zach or uh, JP. But uh, I know uh, you beat the game, correct? I did. Yeah, I, yeah. I did not. So da-da, that, now we're <laughs> there it is. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it took me about uh, two weeks. Wow. Um, see. Yeah. I was... Ladies and gentlemen, I was in the middle of moving during this whole thing, so I <laughs> I I didn't even know where my switch was for a bit, and but I did. I mean, I did put in a few hours. I definitely I didn't put that much. I didn't put in weeks. Yeah. I tried to put in some time, especially knowing that um, you know it was just going to be the two of us for this, but uh, not nearly that much. Just the two of us. That's right. We but yeah, it took me it. yeah two weeks, about thirty hours. Um, I read somewhere that it takes about an average of twenty seven hours to beat the game. Um, so I think you'll definitely get or your money's minutes. worth. Or eight minutes. <laughs> or eight minutes, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but it that's was, uh, I, I was, uh, yeah, I was putting some, some hours in this thing. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it, it was a fun game and we'll kind of to ties into a, would we play it again? I, I definitely, I'm glad I paid for the collection. I'm going to go back and try the other ones, the Game Boy one. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I definitely, uh, want to kind of, uh, have a little bit more handholding with a walkthrough or a map or something like that. Cause I, I, I don't think I would enjoy this game if I just had to kind of figure out where I need to go. Um, I don't have that kind of time, <laughs> yeah. um, but I did enjoy it. Like I said, I like the whimsy of this game. I liked, I could see a lot of, it's like, I'm a huge baseball fan and I love going to places like, um, uh, Oriole park at Camden yards because you can, it's was one of the first uh, ballparks of a, of a certain genre of ballpark that came out in the mid nineties. And you can see how that ballpark led to so many other ballparks and how the construction of different mm-hmm. parks was, was inspired or influenced by that. So in the same vein, like I can see this game and how it affected other games yeah, and definitely. how the, the, the good parts got pulled out or some of the parts that didn't work as well got, got put aside. Um, so I, I definitely would play this game again. It's, it was fun. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. I would play it again too. I mean, it, it, it it's hard because when you finish a really long game like this, there's yeah. a, and I've said this on on previous episodes, there's like a cooling off period. Totally, totally. You need. Yeah. So when you're like, would you play it again? I'm like, I'm actually good for quite a while. Yeah. But in general, would you play it again? Oh, absolutely. And I did forget one funny story. If I could share that now, totally. Give me the permission. I'll, to I'll do allow so. it. Yes, thank you. Um, the uh, spoilers here, but the final boss is the the Mana Beast, and he looks a lot like Flammy, like the same kind mm. of like you know, flying dragon thing. Um, but it's one of those annoying bosses where like you have to use magic. Like there's no way to beat him. Like you have to beat him a certain way. Right. Right. In one in a certain sequence, and that's the only way you can beat the boss that I know of anyway. So that's annoying. Well, anyway, you have to use magic to beat him. I got all the way to him and after this long stretch of bosses. So I think there's like three bosses leading up to the final boss. I finally get to the final boss. I have no magic left. <laughs> Oops. And like he, you can only hit him like once a minute because he has this whole thing of where he flies in front of you and then he flies away and casts magic or whatever. So the, I'm sitting, I'm fighting this guy for I don't even know how many minutes, just going like hopelessly fighting. Like I have full health, right? I'm ready to go. And I'm like, I can't do any damage. You literally can't do damage on him because <laughs> the girl has to cast a spell on the hero's sword oh. for the sword to hit him. Yeah. Ugh. So then I had to basically start over, you know, and back to my save and do the whole thing again, you know, and I wasn't very happy about that. No. I, and, I, and then you get to the final boss and it's like some people I've heard have been upset about him because once you know what to do, there's really no challenge. Kind of walk over. It's just, or, yeah, yeah, you're kind of done. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Uh, that was cool. Now it's yeah. time to move on to JP's Collector's Corner. But we have a uh. substitute teacher in <laughs> class today. Um, I hope uh, that Collector's Corner is not too, uh, you know, is it collecting dust or any sort of uh, weird artifacts over there, Zach, that you're going to have to clear out of the way? All right, kids, sit down. Now stop <laughs> throwing paper. What are you doing? Are you passing notes? Yeah. All right. Substitute teacher. I have to wear like what, like a, the, the coat, you know, with yes. the, 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 the uh, elbow pads right. and like the, yeah. Jeans. All right. Mr. Zach, yeah. would okay. you tell us about how you collect secret of yeah. mana nowadays? Yeah. I'll tell you how to collect a secret of mana, okay? That was, I forgot. That was a teacher. Be with the buddies teacher, no, right? Not, well, or, that sounds like a South Park's teacher. Right? Oh, that's right. That's South Park. You're right. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. If you pizza uh, when you're going to, when you want to French fry, no, when you, if you French fry when you want a pizza, you're going to have a bad time. That's my favorite. Okay. Sorry. All right. Anyway. Non sequitur. 
Yes, let's talk about Collector's Corner here. Uh, so Secret of Mana, the cartridge will run you about 35 bucks. Um, that's about $13 above the average SNES cartridge price. It's 22 bucks according to PriceCharting.com. 35 just for the cartridge. Just for the cartridge, Jeez. right. Uh, but man, if you want the complete in box, because you want that map so you know where the heck you're going, uh, get ready to shell out over $100. Woo! Um, and when I said that the average... Like Super Nintendo cartridge price is twenty two bucks. That doesn't sound so bad. It's like, oh, you know. But I think it's skewed quite a bit because the games that you want to play, a lot of the popular games are way more than twenty two bucks. Right. Like I just saw, um, I have a copy of Mega Man Seven, for example, and you think, oh, Mega Man popular series, they probably made a billion of them. Mega Man Seven is worth over hundred and thirty bucks. Card only. Card only. Jeez, crazy. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> if you're if even if you're a collector of popular Nintendo games, Super Nintendo games, you're still going to shell out a ton of money. So uh, when are you starting your Super Nintendo collection? I am Zach? not. <laughs> no, I've got, I probably have 30 and I'm, I'm good with you're that. You're good there. All right, so now let's get to the crazy collectible of the week. Oh, we yeah. don't have Alex here to salivate over it, but I'll, I'll <laughs> pretend to, to go, ooh, what are you going to talk about yeah, now, yeah. So Zach? this one was found on Amazon. All right. Um, it is a plush rabbi. Okay. Not yeah. a plush rabbi. That's a whole <laughs> no, different a thing. Plush rabbi. <laughs> although, <laughs> although I'm sure you can buy a plush rabbi out there on Amazon. On Amazon, there you go. Can All you right. search? Can you search for that while I'm talking? That'd <laughs> be amazing. Yeah, plush rabbi. All right. So, uh, as the item description says, and I re- and I'll read this now. Uh, now it can be yours. The cutest video game character is now a plush. Made of anti-allergenic uh, material because no one likes to, you know, s- sneeze while you're cuddling. Uh, this rabbi from Secret I don't want to sneeze while I'm cuddling my rabbi, my rabbi, or itch. Uh, the rabbi from Secret of Mana franchise, also known as Saiken Densetsu in Japan, coming directly from Japan, so fluffy and so <laughs> and so big, <laughs> straight from Japan, so, so fluffy and so, so big, big, forty centimeters, I, uh, which. That's almost 16 inches in, in freedom units. In girth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fluffy. So, so big. Uh, it will make you want to give it a big hug. Uh, guaranteed or your money back. It's limited edition, by the way. All right. Um, and it is an official product from Square Enix of Japan. Do we have a price on that? Uh, I think it was like 40 bucks. Oh, okay. Well, so I'll, I'm going to go shipping. get three for the family. Right, right. So oh. fluffy. So big. So big. It will make you want to give it a big hug. Okay. Yeah. I'm 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 almost gonna channel my Alex there, so we're gonna move on. Yeah, I know what the heck happened there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, now it's time for our weekly retro game giveaway. We've got an original copy of Secret of Mana taken from the depths of JP's game vault. That's what he gets for leaving the keys with Zach while he was on vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this week's winner is Andrew L. Woo, All right. Andrew. All right, Zach, why did we pick Andrew as our winner this week? Well, as we talked about earlier, Andrew played along with us. Uh, he beat the game, and he did send us uh, a, a nice note saying, hey, I beat the game. I love, you know, I was playing, uh, playing with you guys, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to share a little bit about my experience revisiting the game. Uh, so I'll go ahead and read a couple points that he made. Uh, the first was he said, uh, quote, attacking was a bit awkward at first, but I got used to it. Uh, but charging up was mildly annoying, especially during the final battle. We yep. talked about that. Yep. Uh, one problem I noticed with using magic with the sprite character was the wood and lightning powers seemed to be more used more often than any other of the powers. I would have liked to have seen more variety in that regard. And I totally mm. agree with that, by the way, because you get all this cool stuff, but like you don't hardly use any of it. Oh, interesting. So, And maybe that was part of the stuff that was cut. Probably. Scenarios maybe yep. where you use more. Yeah. Um, he also says, overall, I had a good time playing this one and will revisit it in the future. I also now want to play Secret of Evermore. 
Oh no, not another mana game. Um, <laughs> since it's the for the same game engine. Interesting. Fun fact about that game though, it was planned but never released in Japan for some reason. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, thanks, Andrew. I'm totally interested in Secret of Evermore now. I got to go off and you know play some more games. Like Dustin, you said the uh, Final Fan or Final, yeah, Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy. Right. Didn't play that one either. Yeah, so we got more shot. stuff to play. Absolutely. But uh, hey, thank you, Andrew. Absolutely. Thanks, Andrew. And remember, if you want to win next time, all you need to do is leave us a comment or share your retro gaming memories with us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Retro Game Guys and also Facebook.com slash Retro Game Guys. And if you're uh, my father, you can drop us a line to our email address because that's uh, we don't have a fax. Uh, <laughs> retrogameguys at gmail.com. You know, some people may still want to send us an email. Maybe they want to write this long, you know, story about no, how we no one wants to write email to, anymore. You know, I, it's, you're right. It's I the hate email. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've left email behind. I really hate it when people send me emails at work. I'm like, we have a Slack. We have a channel. Why are you just sending me there? Anyway. <laughs> Dude, I still get like 200 emails a day. Oh, like, God. so bad. When I get like five, I'm irritated. So <laughs> I can't even imagine. I'm just like, why are you sending Terrible. me emails? Terrible. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about our next couple of episodes. Zach, you did already mention our 80-part Street Fighter 2 episode is our next full episode. Yep. Um, super looking. Even though I'm not a huge Street Fighter 2 episode, I'm looking forward to that. You're not a Street Fighter. You're not a huge Street Fighter 2 episode? <laughs> or or fan. <laughs> I'm not a huge Street Fighter 2 fan. I'm not into fighting games at all, um, but I'm looking forward to that just for the event and the spectacle that I think it will be. Oh, yeah. Um, should be cool. But before that, in two weeks, we'll be posting our next quick play episode, and the theme will be jumping car games. <laughs> <laughs> Why jumping car games? I think Zach and I might have had a little bit too much to drink or something before when we picked this, uh, but there's, a, there's a, 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 a little bit of a connection here we'll hear, and not to mention the name of one of the games is City Connection. Which uh, was, I see what you did there. Connection. Uh, did it, did it, connection. Uh, it was just released on the Switch Online. Mm-hmm. And then there's the arcade classic Bump and Jump. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, there's a really interesting reason why we picked one of these games. And I think you guys will really dig it. Yes. Uh, it has something to do with our own retro gaming guru. Yes. And his connection to City Connection. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I'm going to beat that one to the ground. All right. Well, that's it. <laughs> I think we're. Uh, I think uh, we we barely stumbled through this one. We made it. I think. Uh, high yeah. five to us. All right, high five. All right, JP and, Alex, uh, JP and Alex, hurry back, please. Those guys are losers. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. All right. Well, we, <laughs> miss, we miss you guys. We do miss you guys. Our, Even if it is just as punching bags. Our listeners miss you guys. <laughs> exactly. They're tired of our voices. So that's all the time we have for our Secret of Mana episode. We had hoped you enjoyed this podcast, and it makes you want to kill a rabbi. Or just cuddling. Mm. For Zach and the other guys who so can join us. <laughs> for the, which one is fluffy and which one is big? JP and Alex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, we're done. For Zach and those guys, I'm Dustin saying game on. Until next time, friends. The opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.